Janine, and welcome to my podcast, Mass Murder Talk. On this podcast, I talk about stories dealing with mass shootings, mostly dealing with mental illness or the family angle. I'm a very honest podcaster. I really don't bite my tongue on my feelings, but I'm always respectful. At the end of every podcast, I always ask, what do y'all think? Hopefully it gets a conversation started and brings some type of awareness. Even though I talk about mass shootings on my podcast, I do not talk about school shootings. I have very strong feelings towards school shootings and I hate talking about shootings with kids. So I choose not to talk about that. Anywho, I hope that the stories that I do talk about will be something that you'd be interested in listening to. If so, welcome to the game. For the ones that have been rocking with me since the beginning, what's up, Mass Murder Gang? I missed y'all so much, and I am so happy to be back. I'm sorry to have been gone for so long. There's been a lot going on in my life from work, my kids, death in the family, me deciding to go back to nursing school, that one I'm particularly proud of, but the biggest change and challenge yet, we got a puppy. He's a pit, and his name is Hanzo. He is the cutest thing in the world. At the time of this podcast, he'll be almost five months old. You can see a couple of couple of pictures of him on my Mass Murder Talk Facebook page. So basically, life just be lifing, okay? So let me start off by saying that I really wanted to do the Ohio Women Convicted of Murder segment. But it was really hard to find the content that I like to put in my podcast, so I'm just going to scrap it. I am working on a different type of segment, but it's still very early in the works. I want to do a different segment every now and then just to keep y'all interested. So bear with me, it's coming. So for an announcement, I am doing a Christmas contest giveaway. I'm going to be doing a little contest and I'll be giving away one of my Mass Murder Talk tumblers and a Mass Murder Talk t-shirt. I'll go over more info and details in a couple of weeks. If you if you don't know what my personalized podcast tumblers look like, I have a short video on my Mass Murder Talk Facebook page. That one was specifically made for me, so the winner of the contest, their cup won't look like that. It'll look a little different. I'm in the process of working with the person who was making the t-shirt. I will post what they both will look like the weekend of November 11th, that's when I'll announce the details of the contest. So, with all of that being said, let's start the episode. This episode is about Dwayne Craddock. In Virginia Beach, Virginia, on May 31st, 2019, Dwayne Craddock shot and killed 13 people and wounded four others. Now, I have to admit, I was not able to find much on Craddock's background, so we'll just start with the background that I could find. Dwayne Antonio Craddock, who was born Dwayne Antonio Hamilton, was born on October 15, 1978. I'm not sure why his name changed. I'm thinking maybe his mom got married or divorced when he was a kid. Craddock graduated in 1996 from DeBay High School in Newport News, Virginia. Between 1996 and 2002, he served in the Virginia Army National Guard in Norfolk as a cannon crew member with the 1st Battalion, 111th Field Artillery Regiment, 116th Infantry Brigade <laughs> Combat Team. Y'all, that is so much to say in a mouthful. You have no idea. When he was discharged, he held the rank of Specialist E4 and had never been deployed for combat service. 
In 2002, he graduated from Old Dominion University with a bachelor's degree in civil engineering. Prior to the shooting, Craddock didn't even have a criminal record except for a few minor traffic violations. Again, I couldn't find anything about his childhood or upbringing. So, so far, no red flags. Sounds like he was on the right path. Path He was just living life. Before working for the city, Craddock was a project manager for a Virginia-based engineering firm. He obtained his certified professional engineer license in the state in 2008. Shortly after he obtained his certified professional engineer license, Craddock became a certified professional engineer for the city of Virginia Beach in the public utilities department. He worked that job for about 15 years. He worked in the city's water and sanitary sewers branch. According to authorities, he was still employed with the department at the time of the shooting. There were contradicting reports saying that Craddock was a disgruntled employee who had recently been terminated, but that was later proven to be incorrect. He had actually emailed his resignation to city management a few hours before the shooting. To me, that's kind of strange. I mean, apparently he knew what he was planning to do. So what's the point in sending in your resignation? It's not like whatever happened, you were going to get hired back or you were going to get your job back or whatever. I'm not really sure what the purpose of that was. So from this point, things start to get a little weird. So let's keep going. A neighbor of Craddock said that he kept to himself and he was usually a creature of habit. They said that he was usually home on Fridays. So when they saw him leave early Friday morning, the morning of the shooting, they thought that it was a little out of the ordinary, but they didn't really pay, you know, pay it too much attention. They said that he was short with words and he didn't really say much. And he never seemed to have visitors. He didn't have pets. He didn't have a wife. No, nothing. The neighbor went on to say that she never even saw him take groceries up to his apartment or even take out the trash. That is so weird to me. I mean, seriously, how do you eat? I'm so confused by that. Well, let's keep going. Another one of Craddock's neighbors said that he had what appeared to be three or four security cameras set up in various windows and above the door and looking out into the complex. See, I don't know about y'all, but for me, that's that creepy shit. Somebody who doesn't talk much, doesn't have company, but has cameras so he can watch everybody else. No, that shit is weird. It was reported by the neighbor that he was always in and out of his house with a book bag. His downstairs neighbor said that he would be awake during all hours of the night. She said she could hear him walking around and that he would drop stuff at two in the morning. She said that she and her roommate would try to figure out what he was doing. The neighbors would say the one thing that they did know about him was that he was a gym rat. He was jacked and that he liked to go to the gym a lot. So, okay. Now red flags are fucking flying, at least in my head anyway. It's really, really weird. Dude started off so seemingly quote unquote normal, but stick with me, y'all. It's going to get even more bizarre. The morning of the shooting, one of Craddock's neighbors said that she saw him sitting motionless in his car. At the time, she didn't think much of it because she knew that he didn't like to be bothered. Later that day, after the shooting, she was being interviewed by reporters. She had said, what if I had said hello? 
would it have changed things or would it have made me his first victim? You know, I got to say, I side with her on this one. You know, you have to take into consideration this man just killed 13 people. I'd probably be spazzing the fuck out too. Just the thought that you could have been killed just by saying hi. You know, if she had stopped to say hi, he could have just easily shot her and kept it pushing. That's why I always say don't fuck with people because you don't know what kind of day somebody is having. Since Craddock had resigned with good standing, he still possessed a security pass to enter the employee workspaces within the building the day of the shooting. A co-worker of Craddock said that he had seen him in the bathroom brushing his teeth about five minutes before the shooting. The co-worker said he always did that after he ate. And the co-worker said they exchanged a brief conversation. He asked Craddock what he was doing and if he had any plans for the weekend. He said Craddock kind of replied, not really. So that is so weird to me. So you already have it in your head that you are planning to kill people. But yet and still, you have the mindset of, oh, I need to brush my teeth. Dude, what the fuck? So y'all know I like to tell everything or how everything unfolded in the series of events. And this is what I found. Around 7.20 in the morning, Craddock arrives at his office. At 10 a.m., he spends about half an hour searching for maps of the buildings where the shootings take place. At 10.30, he sends his resignation email, sends a few more emails, then continues to work. Somewhere between 1 p.m. and 3 p.m., Craddock and two co-workers take a city vehicle to inspect engineering projects, and they return about two hours later. At 3.55 p.m., Craddock sends his last email and there was nothing in the email that indicated what was about to happen. Around four o'clock, this is where the coworker who had seen him in the bathroom, um, he goes out to his car, well, after he brushes his teeth, he goes out to his car, gets two handguns and a silencer. He gets two 45 caliber handguns and multiple extended magazines. According to the police, both guns were purchased legally. So we're still around the 4 p.m. mark, but stick with me. It gets a little crazy. Craddock kills one victim sitting in his car and one at the entryway of the building. He walks into the building and within 10 seconds kills another victim at the bottom of the staircase. This part is so sad, y'all. Many of the people that fled the building said that they saw her lifeless body at the bottom of the stairs. Could you imagine that? That you're running down the stairs because you know that there's an active shooter and you want to save your life, but you see your co-worker's lifeless body at the bottom of the stairs as you're running. That is so tragic to me. I don't even know. I don't even have words for that. I don't even know how it feels in that situation. So Craddock walks up the stairs and enters the third floor. According to the police, he shot and killed five people and injured two more, then went back to the second floor within the next minute and 38 seconds. Approximately 4.05, an intern sees a fellow co-worker in the hallway. They smile at each other, you know, as you do when you work in an office. You know, they don't even realize that the shooter is a few steps behind them because at this point, they didn't even know that there was an active shooter in the building. 
the intern steps out of his office because he hears what he thought was a nail gun. He finds Craddock standing in the doorway of his co-worker that he was just smiling at and he was pointing a gun. Craddock fires the gun again and, towards the, and then turns towards the intern. The intern can see the handgun with the silencer. The female co-worker manages to run out of the building and warn people of an active shooter. Unfortunately, soon after, she dies from her injuries. The intern ended up surviving. I'm not even sure if Craddock even shot at him. Craddock kills two more people. Where they actually were shot and died is unclear. At this point, it's still around 4.05, and the shooter kills two more people and injures two others. Craddock walks to the second floor and sees a female employee in the hallway. He shoots at her several times, but misses, and she flees down the staircase. As I said before, a lot of the employees were unaware of a shooter, and many were alerted by phone calls, text, or word of mouth to shelter in place or to evacuate if they were able. I mean, seriously, could you imagine you're at your office, you're doing your job, then all of a sudden a fellow co-worker comes to your office door and just starts shooting at you? Or you look into the hallway and you see one of your co-workers just shooting at random people in the office? I'm sorry, but that's a terrifying thought. Around 4.10, the police show up and were working on trying to get people that were still in the building out. Of course, there's a lot going on. People are scared. They're panicking. They're trying to find out what's going on with their loved ones. It was just a chaotic scene. One man reported that his wife called him and said that she and a friend were hiding in a bathroom on the third floor. I can't even imagine how that man felt knowing that his wife and her friend were in that situation. And knowing that he couldn't do anything about it, that had to have been extremely scary. Once the shooter was discovered and identified, Craddock and the police engaged in a prolonged gunfight inside the building. Craddock was eventually shot and wounded by the police. At 4.43, the police put out an announcement saying that they had the subject in custody. They tried to render first aid while taking him to the ambulance, but he died later. So again, we have an unprovoked shooting. There's no motive. There's no reasoning behind it. He wasn't targeting anyone in particular and gave no signs or indication what he was planning to do. To me, those are the scariest situations. After the shooting, his family didn't really talk to the media. The family had a note taped to their front door saying, quote, the family of Dwayne Craddock wishes to send our heartfelt condolences to the victims. We are grieving the loss of our loved one. At this time, we wish to focus on the victims and the lives lost during the tragic event. Our thoughts and prayers are with the families of those who lost their lives and those recovering in the hospital. End quote. So, as always, what do y'all think? Do you think that he had mental issues and was just really good at hiding it. Do you think his parents knew that he was capable of doing something like this? My opinion? I'm honestly not really sure. I mean, the whole staying up all night, never having visitors, the cameras, and what really threw me off was the whole no groceries thing. 
all I could say is dude was definitely on the weird side, but for what I could find, there was nothing to indicate that he would have done something like this. I would say that he snapped, but I can't even say that because he obviously had everything planned out. This one, I could honestly say, has me confused. Well, as always, thank y'all for listening and hanging in there with me while I went through my life struggles and issues. Love y'all and talk with you in the next one. Deuces.